Welcome to the Market Scale Business Development Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And today we're joined by Brandon Fluger, Business Development Manager at Market Scale. Brandon, great to have you here this morning. How are you doing? Daniel, thanks. It's uh, it's a great Friday morning here in Dallas. I know. The weekend is is inching closer and closer. Absolutely. And uh, I've, I've had my morning coffee. We started early and I'm ready to dig into some great content with you. It's good to have you in the studio. Great. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And yeah. Daniel, you're the voice of B2B. So there's no one else I'd rather be talking to about wow. this topic than, <laughs> I'm than you. I'm so touched. Uh, but anyways, let's dive in. So we've got you on the Business Development Podcast today to talk about something very interesting, which is how you can pull from sports marketing or looking at the idea of how sports market themselves and their partnerships and how you can pull great insight from that for your B2B company. It seems like two things that wouldn't go together, but I know you put together some great content here and surprisingly, the links are strong. There's a lot of insight to be drawn. So before we jump into that, I know you have an extensive history in the sports world. Walk our listeners through some of the cool accomplishments you've done. Mr. Soccer Man. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Soccer is right. (laughs) Um, I grew up around the sport from an early age. Um, was involved with the the Dallas Texans Soccer Club, which is a local club here in Dallas. Um, you know, it's a competitive team, and we travel the country and oftentimes around the world to play in some tournaments. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I was able to earn a scholarship as a student athlete. I went to Georgetown University and played D1 there in the Big East. Huge. And then I transferred back home to Dallas at SMU, and uh, we actually made the Elite Eight uh, my sophomore year there, so that was a lot of fun. And You know, a lot of my friends there growing up have ended up in the professional world um, on the pitch. And, um, you know, they've they've been in England. They've been in Germany. Yeah. I still got some friends in the MLS. So it's it's really cool to see some of those guys you grew up with still playing. Definitely. So, I mean, you have a lot of exposure then to this sports world. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, how sponsorships have really changed and how that idea of a sponsorship, I mean, obviously we know it's so crucial and so integral to, you know, when you think of the sports world, yeah, I mean, sponsors, that's like a thing. So walk me through how that has evolved and then how you see that being applicable to B2B companies. Sure. Well, first of all, most sponsorship approaches fall at the first hurdle because it's very us led. You know, in many cases, it's oftentimes self-serving or insular. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you ever been on a date and heard the person just talk about themselves? Yeah. No, yeah. It's boring. I mean, even though I do love to talk about myself, (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, it is boring. You're right. It's boring and you end up switching off after five minutes. But uh, sponsorship approaches are exactly the same. You talk too much about yourself. Uh, without understanding what the brand wants or needs, and it's it's just dead in the water. Right. However, there's there's been a move away from sponsorships towards partnerships, um, and how that can really work. Partnerships add value to organizations. They make a massive impact on the athletes, uh, and in and the brand in return, they receive awesome benefits. It's really then that the par- partnership becomes a true unison and not like a sponsorship at all. Mm-hmm. I think it becomes a natural business alignment which is ultimately essential to a successful B2B sports marketing campaign. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's so cool. I think that really hits on the idea of how authentic you need to be in the B2B world. Um, You know, the more you can try to find value in these partnerships and really treat it like an authentic 
coming together, a meeting of the minds and a meeting of the brands, then, you know, you really elevate the content and you get the most bang for your buck or the most bang for your time investment. Absolutely. There's a wide scale shift, uh, as, we, as we were talking about, there's a wide scale shift from old fashioned sponsorship to authentic multifaceted partnerships. Yeah. Uh, this development helps explain the growing presence of B2B brands in sports, and it brings together the sporting world's fascination with data and statistics, which obviously is gaining a lot of traction across a broad range of sports. I mean, yeah, fantasy football is literally exactly. just statistics. Like, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, tell me a bit about some specific examples of companies in the B2B world that you've seen partner and you know enter into the sports world and how that's really helped their business um, because I I think that is a, a point of contention. A lot of B two B companies just really don't see is like how is my company going to be applicable in a sports world and how can marketing within a sports world elevate my brand or elevate you know what I'm trying to do for my niche market. So give me some examples of how this has really worked for some B two B companies. Absolutely. And um, growing up around soccer, I, I like to follow Manchester City right now. They're Kings of uh, Kings of Europe, Kings of England. Yep. Um, if they had a club world championship, they'd be champions of that as well. Yeah, you really hyping <laughs> them up here. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm I'm actually a fan of Arsenal in London, but oh, okay. I can appreciate appreciate the uh, success they're, they're having because we've been there before as well. So. Yeah. Anyway, I think um, one of the world's biggest software companies, SAP. Mm-hmm. Um, not too long ago, not many people outside of the IT sector knew much about them. They're a German brand, and in England, for example, that all changed because of SAP's partnership with the English Premier League club, Manchester City. Mm-hmm. That relationship was built on a single shared value, which was innovation. Uh, and the SAP advertising placed around the club's stadium, the Etihad Stadium there, uh, is just the beginning of the firm's brand reinforcement tactics. In, every, in, in almost every sport now, uh, clubs collect a huge volume of player and supporters' data. Uh, Manchester City are using SAP's data expertise to gain an advantage, not just on the pitch, but also to enhance the fan experience. Really? Yeah. I, I'm sure Man City will uncover even more uh, major new trends in player development using some of SAP's data tools. Uh, but changing the way supporters interact with the game is also on its agenda. Interesting. So, I mean, really, it was just coming together with this shared goal of innovation and expanding beyond who their niche market might be. I mean, why why do you think that partnering with a soccer league was the right move? I just think partnering with a soccer league, obviously, it's it's very niche. It's it's a IT sector going into the soccer world. Yeah. Uh, why? You know? Yeah. Why? But again, it's that data and it's the the statistics behind it. And it's not only helping Man City's players and their staff uh, increase their performance on the field and in, in training, but it's also engaging the fans. They've got this product that they, they created. It's called the City Pulse Wall, uh, which is an interactive screen inside the stadium that offers an in-depth data profile for every player on the roster. Wow. So the, it's really engaging the fans. Whether the fans know it or not, they're engaging with SAP. Yeah. Um, and SAP can take the stats um, from another statistic provider uh, for the Premier League, mash them up, consolidate them, and then remodel the data to come up with insights that gives fans even more information about the players in the club Yeah, in a way that's entertaining and engaging. So right. they're engaging with these fans. Right. It's, these partnerships don't even have to be from a 
I don't know, from like a suit and tie kind of back end method, they can really be something interactive and something that can bring value to the sports world or to the clients of said B2B company. You know, it, it, it can be authentic. It can be fun. It doesn't have to be boring. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So outside of software and IT, I think another industry that you could find a lot of value in these sort of sports partnerships could be the transportation industry. Uh, so walk me through an example of a company you've seen there that has really stood out as pushing the boundaries a little bit, saying, hey, you know, I know we're a B2B company, but we're going to try something new. We're going to try something fun. And how did it pay off for them as well? Absolutely. And it kind of goes back to my background. I didn't mention it at the beginning, but yeah. I also grew up on a racetrack with my dad on the weekends. So, okay. you know, we, we did some open wheel racing in the SCCA, so Formula V, Formula Ford, and uh, even some kart racing. Oh, so cool. we're big Formula One fans ourselves. So, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to go to one of the recent Formula One races down in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, it's called the Circuit of the Americas. We finally have an F1 circuit back in the States. So yeah. it's really exciting and it's a huge time uh, for, for American businesses um, to get engaged with, with that circuit. It's a, it's a global brand, F1 is. So what I've seen um, with NASCAR and even with Formula One is DHL. It's not just software and IT companies that are spearheading this new kind of sports partnership. Um, as a big Formula One fan myself, I know DHL have a relationship with Formula One dating back nearly 15 years now. Uh, it's been a highly successful partnership, and it's based around the services provided to F1 and its teams. Um, and that includes NASCAR as well. Um, you know, the F1 circuit travels through 21 different countries around the world, from every every corner of the world uh, throughout its season. And oftentimes they just have one week between each race. It's race day Sunday, practice day Thursday and Friday. So that freight and logistics that DHL can provide yeah. is, is really just, they're flexing their muscles. They're showing just exactly how precise they can be um, and, and how important their, their partnership there is. Wow. I mean, it almost seems like tailor-made for them to work together. Yeah. They literally can't be late to a race. Yeah. They have to be fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the brand's partnerships across motorsports, which also includes uh, other competitions like the Moto GP, which is um, the motorcycles. Um, they've delivered tremendous value in everything from brand reputation to employee engagement. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like the sporting world is really cut out to open up their doors to B2B companies and are a, a great opportunity for um, B2B companies to find new clients or at least to showcase that they are new, they are fresh, they're relevant, and they can expand beyond just their niche market. So, you know, with a rapidly changing landscape and marketing world, how do you think other B2B brands should look at these examples like DHL, like SAP, and really try to push forward in the B2B sporting world? Um, what are some particular commercial opportunities you think are coming up in the near future? Absolutely. Other B2B brands looking to explore these new partnerships in the sporting world should be really encouraged by these examples. I mean, yeah. I am, and I'm not even in the B2B exactly. market. Yeah, and we're talking about some of the top, you know, the one of the biggest grossing sports in the world, Formula One, um, in Manchester City, whose global presence is just skyrocketing in the last few years. And although the commercial landscape of sport is complex and it's constantly changing, right, we can at least see some of the core ingredients of a successful approach from these brands like SAP and DHL. Um, I think brands should start by finding an event or a team with similar values 
then consider whether that common ground is strong enough to sustain a long and productive relationship. You know, it's not just sponsorship, it's that partnership, it's that relationship. Yeah. And just like other consumers, the typical sports fan receives information in a variety of, of ways across multiple platforms. So it's important to think about how the benefits of any partnership can be maximized for all of the parties. Definitely. When it comes to identifying the next big commercial opportunity for brands in sport, um, there really are so many opportunities, but let's take soccer, for instance. Since I'm always watching it, playing it, or reading about it, um, I think the Chinese Super League, for example, yeah. it's growing exponentially. And everyone has been waiting for this long-awaited boom in U.S. soccer, right? Everyone's heard about, oh, soccer is growing so much. And it really is. Just in the past few years, we've announced several new expansion teams in the, in the MLS. And as much as it's grown in the past few years alone, it's expected to grow even more so in the next eight years due to the recent announcement of the 2026 FIFA World Cup in North America. That's going to be in Mexico, U.S., and even Canada. But not only that, but the number of young people already playing the sport has exploded, and that's only expected to grow even more as a World Cup in our own backyard will inspire even more people to get involved. And businesses as well. Yeah. The commercial opportunity will eclipse that of a Super Bowl. I mean, it's hard to imagine, but the global reach that a World Cup has versus the pretty local reach that the Super Bowl has is pretty uh, tremendous. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think I want to end this with looking a little more broadly at, you know, I think a lot of B2B companies could look at this whole conversation and say, all right, well, my company has nothing to do with the sports world. You know, my, my med tech device is never going to find a relevant application in sports, which is fine. You know, maybe there is an application for you out there. We just like haven't haven't reframed our mentality to find it. But let's say there's literally no partnership that makes sense. There's still actionable insight to be drawn here. Um, I think with these partnerships and with the way that sports teams and companies that partner with sports teams, market their products, and really brand themselves, um, there is something to be said and some tips to be drawn for the B2B world. So, what would you say those are? How can a company look at the way that these B2B companies are marketing in the sports world, or just look at the sports teams themselves and how they market and brand themselves and draw some insight for moving forward that can really help them in their niche markets? Absolutely. So, as our examples were earlier, IT and uh, freight company, uh-huh. what in the world does that have to do with sports, right? right? But somehow they've found a way to enter a niche market and bring their brand into it and create a real partnership. Yeah. You know, it's just finding a niche. Everyone's in a niche, right? Everyone thinks they're in a niche market. So, finding that partnership that you can showcase your product. You can find a way. Be creative. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. You know, if you have medical devices, you know, there's medical needs in the sporting world. Right. Absolutely. So it's just finding that creativity, finding, finding, creating that need in the sporting world, really, and creating that partnership. And you're going to be getting across to other brands in that, in that entity as well. And so that business partnership within that that uh, sponsorship you've got going there is is going to be very fruitful, not just for you, but for the other partners involved as well. Definitely. Well, it's an exciting time then to be looking to the sports world for either potential new partnerships, potential new sponsorships, or just some insight on you know how you market yourself, how you brand yourself. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's no better example of teams doing a fabulous job of marketing themselves than you know looking at something like the Savannah Bananas, right? I mean, they're a absolutely Georgia-based college summer league baseball team. They really elevate themselves on the branding and making themselves unique. And I mean, 
even if your company has nothing to do with that, it's it's really looking at that creativity, that leadership. And I think the sports world is a, a perfect place to turn to when you feel like you're lacking a little bit of that inspiration. How can I elevate my marketing? How can I elevate my brand, my personal image, my sponsorships, my partnerships to the yes. next level? Yes, exactly. Look to the sports world because there's a lot to be drawn. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on the podcast and giving us your insight. We're going to have to go kick it on the football field here soon. Or pitch, right? I guess is yeah, the best way to do it. Don't say that in England. They might get upset with you. But hey, the field is perfectly hey, fine. I, I stopped playing professionally, and I'm doing quotes here with my hands when I was like 13. So awesome. perhaps my lingo hasn't caught up. But anyways, thanks again, Brandon, for coming on the podcast. I think we drew some really actionable stuff here and looking forward to getting you back in the studio. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate Appreciate your time so much. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.